Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor at Foresight Health. On today's episode of Foresight Friday Roundup, we're talking about the FDA approving a home COVID-19 test, Amazon getting into the pharmacy business, and what both of those things mean for healthcare consumers. To comment on these topics are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Julie Merchinson, partner at Transformation Capital. How are you both doing this morning, Dave? Maybe it's because Thanksgiving is upon us. Uh, We went to London last year for the holiday, but I've been thinking about just how different our lives are today than they were a year ago. Okay. I guess that's fair to Midland. I'm being pensive. (laughs) I'm I'm having a pensive Thanksgiving. Gotcha. How about you, Julie? How are you doing this morning? Well, I will admit I'm trying to get my head around Thanksgiving for four, but I'm getting excited for a quiet, small Thanksgiving, which, Dave, you know what that means. More pumpkin pie for me. (laughs) Pecan for me. Sweet. All right. Excellent. Thank you to both. Now, before we talk about home COVID testing and Amazon filling pill bottles, I did want to ask both of you a follow-up to last week's episode on COVID vaccines. Have either of you decided whether you'll get the vaccine or a vaccine? Uh, And if so, would you get it right away or wait? And if not, why not? Dave? I had a random phone encounter with one of my first-year college roommates uh, when we were both well into our careers. And after he recognized who I was, there was this long pause, and he said, you know too much. (laughs) I feel the same way about the vaccine development process. I've been a part of a a pharmaceutical panel and uh, there's just so much that we don't know. So my answer is no, Dave, I'd wait until we have more data. Got it. Julie, how about you? Yeah, I've been giving this a lot of thought as it's become kind of national discussion. And I have to say, I want to be on the side of yes. And the only thing right now that would keep me from enthusiastically taking the vaccine is just really thinking about our frontline workers and the vulnerable who really need it. And uh, maybe that gives us all a number of us a little bit of wiggle room, but I would be a defiant yes. Got it. Thanks. Uh, My wife is a nurse. So as she goes, we go. Uh, My strong suspicion is that we'll be first in line to get vaccinated. You know, I'm okay with that. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? You could die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You need another host for the roundup. (laughs) All right. Nice segue to our first topic. Uh, Dave, the FDA approved the first test, uh, home test for COVID-19. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, why it's important or not important in the fight against the pandemic, and uh, what it means for people as consumers of healthcare services. Well, it's remarkably important, Dave, with, with a few caveats. Those caveats relate to the character of the testing process and the timing of the test's widespread availability. A company named Lucera invented the test It's available by prescription only for individuals with COVID symptoms. It's self-administered. That's huge. Uh, No intermediaries required. No need to get in your car and wait in line. Uh, Results in 30 minutes at a cost of less than $50 per test. Both those features are fabulous. The tests 
are not as precise as the PCR tests, the gold standard, but they're still very accurate. Uh, 6% false positive rate. Uh, the test says you have COVID when you don't, uh, so you'll be more cautious. So even better though, only a 2% false negative rate. The test says you don't have COVID when you do. Unfortunately, these tests won't be widely available until next spring, so they won't help very much with the dark COVID winter that is now upon us, you know, record infections, record hospitalizations. Uh, big picture, I'm from the Population Health School of Managing Pandemic Spread. Testing, 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 testing. Can I say it again? Testing. I wish our government had directed the same level of urgency and resource allocation to developing fast, easy, accurate, and cheap home COVID tests for everyone, those with and without symptoms, as it has to developing COVID vaccines. That type of ubiquitous, uh, easy to use, cheap testing would be orders of magnitude more effective in preventing COVID disease transmission than temperature checks. Uh, so like so much with this pandemic, we'll be better prepared next time. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Julie, what's your take on the at-home COVID test? Uh, do you think people will use it? And uh, how will it affect you know, legacy testers like hospitals, physician offices, and labs? Well, the first thing people need to know is that it requires two AA batteries. So don't let that be a barrier if you get this test. <laughs> You'd have to read the box closely. You know, the question is, will people be able to get it? The government's purchased almost 100% of the Abbott tests. Um, you know, these tests are going to continue to be distributed, um, I think, initially through providers. But, you know, hopefully, as Dave said, we'll have more ubiquity around all these tests and they will be more direct to consumer. I have to say that when you look at what's happening with lines uh, growing around the country at testing sites and result times apparently now getting a little bit longer from those testing locations and labs, I do think that people will turn to at-home tests perhaps a little bit more. There are already many on the market from Everlywell, Let's Get Checked, you know, a number of these. Of course, Dave said this difference is you get the result at home in 30 minutes, which is amazing. So, you know, I do think there'll be a little bit of a dent, but they're doing... I don't know what, a million and a half tests a day. So there's not going to be a huge dent until we have a lot more of these types of tests out there. And that's what we need is a lot more of them. We need 10 options like this. As they become more prevalent, consumers will love the price point, most consumers. Uh, we need, we'll still need to subsidize a lot of these. But the fast and easy nature is really uh, quite incredible. And the PCR test is still the standard, but the accuracy, as Dave points out, is really great. So I think there'll be confidence in these kinds of tests if we can get them all to this type of confidence level. The only thing I worry about, you know, still is like some of the vaccine testing, uh, the population that this particular test was tested on, the sample size um, really makes no claims about its effectiveness in asymptomatic people. So we're still in this place where some of these tests don't work for the people who actually need the most, or we don't know if they work for the people who actually need the most to make sure that we're still keeping the virus at bay. Dave, anything to add to Julie's comments? Well, I couldn't agree more with, with Julie. I, I'd like to see 10 of these. And my guess is the price point comes down very fast as we get competition in, in the marketplace. It feels like the technology is relatively 
available and uh, this could become a retail-like product, uh, which leads me to just pound, as I was before, on this, this theme of prevention. The best healthcare solutions are those that prevent disease or injury in the first place. And that's as true in everyday healthcare as it is during a pandemic, but it's really true during a pandemic. So testing, testing, testing. Can I say it again? Testing. I'm sure you will before the segment's over, Dave, so that's good. All right, let's talk about Amazon. The big online retailer is getting into the pharmacy business in a big way. Uh, Julie, tell us about what Amazon is doing, why Amazon is doing it, and how what it's doing could disrupt the traditional retail pharmacy market. Well, any of us who've been in healthcare, we've been waiting for this moment for Amazon to do something material in the industry. Uh, and this is just you know, the first step for them to disrupt healthcare in, I think, very surgical ways. Some of the analysts have said this is Amazon's way to expand prime membership among the elderly, who, of course, are the largest prescription population. I'm sure that's true. Uh, Definitely some business purpose for them. But what Amazon's doing is allowing any of us who are Prime members to order our prescriptions for free home delivery for Prime members. Not that expensive home delivery if you're not, I suppose. You have to be 18 years of age or older, live in one of the 45 states initially. And it's not for all drugs. You know, you can't get your opioids or other controlled substances, but for a lot of drug categories. And they're doing a lot, you know, on the drug interaction and mitigating fraud and some of those things that we in healthcare care about. But they're basically doing what you would expect from an online, you know, prescription kind of concept. What's interesting is a lot of people are questioning whether it's disruptive because they're outsourcing to InsideRx, which is one of you know Cigna's Express Scripts divisions. And they're not seemingly really using their size to further negotiate drug prices. So you know, they're being called into question as to whether they're really disrupting the industry. Um, some of the state regulations even prevent them from really taking advantage of their own logistics network. So it's questionable what's happening, but I think in the long run, they will certainly get enough share. You know, 57% of Prime members have said that they would consider putting their prescriptions through Amazon if they did this. So if you think about 57% of Prime members today, they'll take share and they'll innovate from there. So, you know, when you see what happened with the stock prices of CVS down 9%, Walgreens down 10%, uh, Rite Aid over 16%, and then a bunch of the little companies like GoodRx down 23%. Uh, I worry most about this category. I'm an Alto user for our family personally, and uh, some of those new companies have been quite useful as a consumer. Interesting. Dave, what does Amazon's new pharmacy business mean for patients? Uh, And if you ran a retail pharmacy today, what would you do? How would you respond? Well, first, I'm I'm in that 57% of Prime members. I'd I'd sign up day one. Amazoning healthcare, I love it. Uh, Bring it on. A company Julie didn't mention that I'm watching is Capsule, which is um, one of these fast-growing venture-funded companies. And what I like about them is you can make them your pharmacy. So uh, rather than Walgreens or CVS or whatever, you can get one of these ubiquitous 24-7 pharmacies uh, (laughs) by checking the box pretty interesting. I think the the famous Bill Gates quote applies and, and Julie uh, references, which is we overestimate the impact of technology change in the first couple of years, but underestimate its impact 10 years from now. My guess is 10 years from now, uh, companies like Amazon and Capsule will be the standard 
and CVS and Walgreens will either adapt or, or they'll be out of the business altogether. So if I ran a traditional pharmacy, I'd be trying to figure out how to compete in a 24-7 world with on-demand service delivery with a smile, be trying to figure out how to use algorithms, machine learning, and digital connectivity more effectively. I'd be trying to figure out how to get more out of my people, particularly pharmacists, uh, uh, without burning them out. Uh, pharmacists are probably the most underutilized professionals in healthcare. And finally, I'd be trying to advance human-machine uh, collaboration, all with the intent of providing better, faster, personalized service delivery to American consumers. And that's that's the promise of the digital revolution that we're going through. But it's it's disruptive, make no mistake about it. Those stock prices aren't lying. Thanks, Dave. Julie, anything to add to Dave's comments? No, the only thing we haven't emphasized here is what it's going to feel like really as a consumer. We're both excited, I think, in many ways to see this space progress. But, you know, consumers now with this product are going to see price transparency and see what their drug costs from Amazon and what their drug would cost through their health plan or other pharmacies. So we've been talking about price transparency forever. I do think that Amazon's putting some things in place to try to uh, drive drug discounts for generics, certainly, and will use their their size to drive down other prices as well. So it's net positive for the consumer. Thanks, Julie. I guess if I ran a retail pharmacy, I'd stock up on batteries, right? Is it is it the <laughs> connection between these two topics? Right. That's it. Sunshine is the best disinfectant, Dave. So uh, Julie, I just want to pound on Julie's uh, point about transparency. It changes everything. Exactly right. All right. Now, as always on the roundup, let's talk briefly about next week. Julie, it is Thanksgiving week. Will healthcare give us any big stories? Personally, I hope we all take a breather from making too much news. But unfortunately, I think COVID is just going to continue to be the big healthcare story. And I hope frontline workers and the ERs overflowing on Thanksgiving are not the news story. The only thing I have my fingers crossed for is just more progress on the Biden healthcare front and our ability to transition there. Got it. Dave, what big healthcare story will you be thankful for next week? Julie's right. The, the focus is going to be on COVID and, and vaccines and, and Biden. Uh, but I hope there is some coverage and renewed focus on, on mental health. There'll be more lonely people this Thanksgiving than ever before. Let's hope we're reaching out to them, but I fear that we aren't. Got it. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Julie. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. You also can find a recording of this podcast and all our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.